Hello and welcome to the Bottom Up Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and I'm joined by Chad Owen into this journey into the wonderful tool of SurveyMonkey. I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm really enjoying these short, punchy, information-dense episodes here on the Bottom Up Podcast. It's a nice uh, way to share all of our learnings with the listeners. It is. It's pragmatic, and I like this idea of punchy. So let's really throw some punches about how to think about preparing your survey for SurveyMonkey. Now, you're going to first think, hey, guys, on the last show, you gave me a bit of an introduction to surveys and quant research. And now, before we open up the tool at surveymonkey.com, we're going to talk about a research plan. And you're like, guys, this is a whole lot of planning and talking. I just want to get in and create the survey. Right, right, right. Exactly. But how important is it, Chad? Because if you don't think through a survey on SurveyMonkey, if you don't think through your research, well, number one, you're not going to get the most out of it, but it takes a fair bit of time to build a survey that works properly. So you want to make sure that the plan, what you're hoping to learn from it, is actually thought through. Otherwise, it can be a long and somewhat expensive process, right? Oh, yeah. You can go down roads you'd never meant to go through. Going back to this story about doing interviews and and surveys in China, I was so (laughs) worried on that trip because I was literally flying around the world. And, you know, a week beforehand, I kind of had a oh no moment where I realized that I hadn't quite solidified everything in my research plan because I knew that once I started, I couldn't really stop. So, you know, imagine knowing that you're going to talk to 50 different people conducting 50 different interviews and 50 surveys. You have to know it exactly what you're going to do ahead of time because you can't change it midstream because that's going to affect the data and the information that you're collecting. So I can't stress how important it is to have a research plan in place because it really just makes the data rock solid in the end. It does. And it's a survival tool as well. What's really important is it points out a very distinct difference between quant and qual research because quant, you need to always keep the baseline the same. Mm -hmm. So you can't change the questions in the survey midstream because then the data doesn't match because the first half of the respondents answered these questions, the second half of the respondents answered different or slightly different. So therefore it's harder to compare them. Yeah. So I think our big piece of advice for this show, make a research plan. Frame how you're going to think about your research And I think one of the most important parts of a research plan is what questions need to be answered. Like how many of our customers are aged 18 to 24 is a very legitimate key question to be answered. What interests do our customers have? How much do they spend on fashion every month? Just as an example, do they live in urban or rural areas? Just get that clear because often your survey is not a kind of isolated one-off event. It's part of maybe an effort to build a product, to do a marketing campaign, to improve customer experience. So you should have a research plan that you share and present to your colleagues and or clients. And Chad, how beneficial is it when we get our research plans together and we share them with each other and our clients? I mean, When you've been in that process, how has this been helpful for you when you are like owning the strategy for a huge new product? The clients demand it. So at the outset, it can really just be a Google Doc and you start with like, what do we want to learn? What are our goals in conducting this research? Then you should have some important questions to be able to screen your respondents to be sure that you're collecting data from the right individuals. 
So that can be demographic or behavioral, psychographic. Can we talk about screeners just for a second, Chad? Sorry to just capture you in mid-flow there. so important. But seriously, thinking through your screening questions is a chance to say, well, who is our target audience here and who's not? Because imagine if you did this big survey and you forgot to have a location screener and you had people maybe from a different country or maybe you're just on the east coast of the U.S., and you've now got people from California answering the questions, you're really diluting the data. And spending a lot more money. (laughs) Right. And so screening questions so that you're only talking to people that you want to talk is really important. Mm -hmm. But you were saying goals and screeners, and then what's next in a research plan? How the data is going to be collected. You know, are you putting it into an Excel spreadsheet that everyone's looking at? Are you putting it into a really awesome tool that we use called Dovetail, you know, a database? And just being sure that you have a plan to keep and you know, store the data and be able to share it with everyone that needs to have access to it. So true, because you know, so often people are like, oh, where's the stuff? And they're like, all the data's in this place. Well, do I have access? Oh, no, you need a login. Oh, I don't have a login. And you just lost 48 hours. Uh-huh. So a research plan can be so practical like that. For example, if you're working with a virtual team, you're like, oh, we're going to need to give you know Joe and Jane access because they're in a different market. And then I think once you recognize that your quant survey is perhaps part of a larger series of efforts to get closer to your customer, we talked a lot about this in the previous episode. Why don't you share with us, Chad, like how did you find it when you've been making research plans? What's the benefit of sort of mapping out the process and the context in which this survey is going to like happen in a broader program. The best thing for me actually was because I had such a detailed research plan, I could recruit a partner to help with the research. So imagine having to source your own uh, survey and interview subjects in four different global locations. That could be pretty tough if that's not your daily work. But because I had the research plan, I could share that with a third party and they helped recruit the right individuals to give us the right information for that particular project. So just having the research plan makes it so much easier to keep everyone on the same page and know where this part of the research fits in the grand scheme of things. So this may be your first quantitative survey that you're doing, your deep mapping exercise, or it could be later in the process as you're validating some ideas maybe that you and your team have come up with. Totally, totally. Now, before we run away, let's give everyone a couple of quick best practices that we have learned through long, hard suffering. If you've got your research plan, here's the next golden advice. If you're making a survey, never, ever make it more than 15 questions. And make sure that it can be done realistically in about five minutes. Because Chad, what starts to happen when there's too many questions and it takes too long? What have we seen time and time again, even when you get close to 15, What starts to happen if you're asking too much of the user? Well, they're either dropping out and exiting the survey or you're getting really crappy answers to the survey questions. Yeah. And SurveyMonkey actually has this great little genius indicator and it tells you what the likely completion rate of your survey is. And as a ballpark, very practical advice, we would always advise you to try and get your completion rate above 75%. That's really, really handy. But we should, before we go, let's just quickly talk about good types of questions. To put, cast it in a negative, don't ask too many open questions because then you're going to have a ton of data to look through and it's very hard to draw statistical relevance from. So 
How do we like to frame our advice around what type of questions, Chad? Well, you should always ask, well, not always, but you should ask more closed questions, which are simple yes, no's, multiple choices. We love using, you know, the rating scale zero to 10. I've found that maybe sliding in one open question can kind of be that catch all for, you know, crazy ideas that your customers might give you, but you really shouldn't ask any more than one open-ended question on these surveys. Because again, you want them to be able to do it in less than five minutes and you want to be able to slice and dice the information and the data easily, which you know you have to have the rigidity of the multiple choice, yes, no, and the scales to do that. Exactly. Well, there you have it, guys. Two big, oh geez, life-saving bits of advice. I wish we had known this a decade or two ago. One, have a research plan. Two, keep it short and simple with some closed questions and you'll be on your way. And get ready, ladies and gentlemen, because in the next episode of the Bottom Up Podcast, we'll be designing your SurveyMonkey survey. So we're going to get right into the tool and unlock some value there. So there you have it. That is another Bottom Up Podcast. We'll see you next time.